We are now officially leaving the 20th century behind. This is the century that saw the inception of White Zombie and the novel I Am Legend get made into two different film adaptations. Three different George A. Romero movies, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, and Day of the Dead, written as social commentary. It also saw an entire spin-off Return of the Living Dead series, which skipped the social commentary and imagined the zombie movie as a vehicle for comedy. Tonight's movie is something in between. Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg have given George A. Romero his due as the godfather of the zombie movie. George Romero is um, one of my big heroes, and he's been made one of my favorite films ever, Dawn of the Dead, and of course, Night of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead, subsequently. It's the godfather. It's the dead father. And I'm going to be in another film. <laughs> Romero liked tonight's entry, Shaun of the Dead, so much that he gave Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg a cameo in the 2005 Land of the Dead. Personally, I remember seeing Shaun of the Dead when it first came out and thinking it was one of the funniest movies I've ever seen in my life. Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost were three roommates who lived together and had dreams of making movies. In 1999, they created a Channel 4 show called Space that lasted two seasons and has lived on as a cult classic. Um, you've got a best friend called Mike, who's a weapons expert. Yes! Uh, yeah. You have a potentially fatal allergy to Brazil. Yes, I have no memory of Christmas 1979. <laughs> Mind you, I've got no memory of Christmas 1994 either. Oh, why not? I don't know. Right. British television is different than American television. British television shows usually last two or three seasons, rather than being dragged out for eight, nine, or even 12 seasons. Those zombies at the front were amazing. A lot of them were spans of space that we just asked to come down. We literally paid them a pound because we had to pay them. After making Spaced, they were adrift, and Edgar Wright, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost moved into a nice neighborhood, but spent all their time at a local pub. I can't do this anymore! <laughs> no, whoa there, Pickle. You know, you... Every morning I wake up and it's the same! Edgar Wright turned his frustration about Simon not wanting to do more stuff outside of the pub into the beginning of the idea for a slack romantic comedy set during the zombie apocalypse. While editing Shaun of the Dead, Edgar Wright started using a technique that would become a hallmark of his filmmaking for the rest of his career, hyper-quick cuts. One 
of the most relatable parts of the entire movie, in my personal opinion, is the hilarious sequence where Sean walks obliviously through the city, completely unaware that anything has changed. Human beings have a tendency to act strangely in this post-austerity world of malaise and boredom. Why wouldn't you just assume that the zombies, at least at first, are just drunk or mentally ill? Else, have you got any papers? Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg also decided early on that the zombies, to use the Zed word... Zed word? Don't say it. Why not? Because it's ridiculous. All right. Are there any out there, though? ...will behave similarly to how they behaved when they were alive. This feeling of being trapped in a routine, the repeated exercises that we can't escape even in death, this was something that Edgar Wright was committed to break out of. George A. Romero envisioned zombie movies as a way to tell deep truths. Stories about human communication, consumerism, and the conflict that drives us. Shaun of the Dead asks the question, how do we stop being zombies ourselves? Three. Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash movie night extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, host of Britonic Reversal and the frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. They just got back from touring on the East Coast, and I got to see Conan play in Peekskill, New York. It was pretty awesome. Hildebeast, anarchist, Twitch streamer, mod, twitch.tv slash Hilde underscore beast. I, of course, am your long-suffering host, Forrest Miller. I forgot to introduce myself earlier. Without further ado, let's get started. <laughs> so consistent. So consistent about forgetting it every time. <laughs> Twice in one week, I can't believe it, you know? Yeah, you think you'd get a hang of this eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's only episode like 116, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I still don't know who I am or remember where I was on Christmas 1994. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, um, this is an awesome one. This, this I've, I've been looking forward to this one for a while, and Hildy, it's great to have you on. Uh, this is your first time on the show, I know, but uh, you've been a—you're always a, a ray of light in the comments, oh, which is yeah. something I don't say often. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, cheers! I'm very, very happy to be here, and thank you so much for extending the invitation to me. Greatly yeah. appreciate it. For sure. Um, so I, I want to ask you guys, uh, like. When did you first see this? Because I saw this pretty, I mean, I shouldn't have seen this probably pretty close to when it came out, but I definitely did. I remember, um, I think, I think I got the DVD of it, but like me and my brother watched it and we were just like, what the fuck is this? 
and like we had heard a little bit about it like you know a british zombie movie but i think my dad rented it and didn't know like realize what it was going to be like but i don't know we like fell in love with it instantaneously and uh like my dad still has the dvd of it and i've watched it probably i don't know i probably watched it 15 20 times <laughs> since 2004 it's awesome. Uh, let's, let's say, Hildy, why don't you go first since you're uh, you're, you're the future guest? So. Oh, cheers, cheers! I saw it in 2004. Uh, <laughs> I was old enough to see it at the theater, and I thought it was bloody brilliant, really, really brilliant. I remember back in the the 70s when I probably shouldn't have watched the uh, Romero flick. You know the night of the living dead but i did see that it was on late at night you know the black and white and i remember being really intrigued by that and then fast forward to the 80s i think it was around 85 mad movies came out and they did sort of a an overdubbing of night of the living dead which was i thought which i thought it was hilarious but i i guess other people did not think so and then that was when <laughs> i thought somebody should actually make a flick where it's hilarious and it's zombies and then night um sorry Shaun of the dead came out in 2004 and when that came out i was like yeah i was meant for this moment in time so i'm so grateful because it was funny nice i, I, I know I'll, I'll go last go ahead okay yeah i i missed it in the theater because uh, that was after my eldest was born so uh i wasn't really going to see too many movies um uh, I, I think the only movie I, I don't caught, believe that <laughs> I caught in that time period was uh, uh, was uh, Bubba Hotep. You know, right. wasn't going to miss Bruce Campbell on the big screen as Elvis. Uh, but uh, I remember Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep's pretty good, man. Yeah, that's it is. Good, that's it, a good movie. It, it absolutely is. Ossie Davis. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, and uh, my microphone stand just fell apart. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, well, you, you so, can you can you can go. take a mulligan and uh, fix, yeah. fix that if you but like. But no, I, I will finish <laughs> up what I'm saying though. But uh, uh, as soon as it was on TV, like like uh, like a year later, you know, I, yeah. I remember watching it with my wife, and we both enjoyed it at the time, uh, which is weird because she usually doesn't like movies like this. But so for me, I was a fan of Spaced Andy Hotep. <laughs> I was a fan of Spaced, which we'll go and charitably say had a niche audience is probably the best way to put it. Uh, uh, but then again, uh, Hilly, I can't help but notice your uh, Tardi, I guess, Tardis, Tardises. I don't know what the plural of Tardis is. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time is Doctor Who. And I uh, am a big fan of things like Red Dwarf, et cetera. So that I somehow ended up watching Spaced. So I knew Spaced, even though it was around for like not that long of a time. And it was like, oh, the guys from Spaced like have a movie and it's like the zombie episode and i was like i am in because there's an episode of spaced where um i think he's playing like resident evil or something and like he has like this fantasy about being like in a zombie movie and i was like that sounds amazing and it was it so far exceeded my expectations in every way and absolutely was a product for me and we talked a little bit about i'm gonna acknowledge christina eventually by the way uh <laughs> <laughs> we talked a bit in the zombie line episode, which we kind of did out of order because this one came first of um, comedy uh, entry in like the zombie movie pantheon. Right. And that like, you know, return of the living dead probably is the first uh, one to do that. But I think the most effective version of that is Shaun of the dead by far, by large march. And of course, yeah, hello to and Christina cosmopolitics in the, in the chat, uh, not on air, but in the chat, <laughs> but in our hearts. <laughs> at always. least she's, yeah, at least she's here more than yeah. in spirit. She's here in viewership. 
Um, she acknowledges uh, the show's happening when she's not on it, which is more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I think that uh, I, I think that you're on point with that. It's interesting that Zombieland kind of does the same, uh, tries to do it as like a romantic comedy. I think this movie does it way more effectively as a romantic comedy because he's, you know, he's yeah. grappling with his mom. Obviously, his like, you know, his close relationship to his mom. He's grappling with uh, Philip and like the whole thing with his stepdad and realizing that the stepdad actually did love him and he's just a tough old conservative British man or whatever and like. I don't know, yeah. like so. All these relationships kind of combined, I think, make this a far more effective um, romantic comedy set during the zombies. The zombies are almost incidental, and I think, I mean, that's on purpose, obviously. <laughs> but like, especially the beginning where they're hardly even acknowledged. And uh, on the on the rewatch, I just forgot how absolutely genius it is when he's like channel surfing and like all of the like little snippets of conversation from each like news item. And Panic on the streets of London. Yeah, like it's it's it, it, it like makes an actual like, hey, idiot, this is what's happening. Like I just forgot how delightful that is but that's edgar wright as a filmmaker edgar wright is is, is utterly fantastic and I, and I think like his sensibilities as we mentioned in the scott pilgrim versus the world episode uh there's almost nothing there for boomers which is uh you know for at least your typical boomer sensibilities and it's one of the things that makes his movie so unique and so often imitated but like rarely well i would say yeah um, I, I really like that, you know, the quick cuts thing kind of got it start. I feel like, well, I mean, on space first, but like, you know, at least yeah. in those movies in this with like, uh, that's totally, you know, I mean, credit where credit's due. Like there was a lot of that in the nineties, <laughs> but I mean, he did it in a way that was artful, which, which at yeah. the time, instead of just doing like a ton of it, like, like, look at like natural born killers or something. I mean, it's like that MTV style was like, ugh, it was, it was like just lousy. Well, and, you know, but it's entertaining. Of- he brought it back. He's coming. He's coming into filmmaking out of TV, which is kind of yeah. fascinating. Not just I found out last night when I was watching his. Uh, he had like a thirty sixty interview or whatever, and like so, it's not just um like that like that show, but he actually directed a bunch of different shows for Channel Four. He was like doing regular work for them, I guess. Like as a, I mean, it, it makes sense, and it's something where the guy's a film, uh, like a film maniac. Like if you see, like uh, he's got this. Um, list of like like some of his like 500 of his favorite films or something and it's like they're, like there's deep cuts for me where i'm like what what is that that's crazy but the guy's like a deep lover of uh, film and music and tv and media like and in a way that's very earnest and very uh very nice you know it is and, it's very esoteric and he's pulling from different areas which is nice because right. if somebody is like and i took a, a night class film school like once upon a time way nice. way way back but i mean to see that the same type of cookie cutter movies that are put out there. And then there's this interesting comedic, almost serious, but not quite serious. You know, the, there's this pandemic, which we think is a pandemic. We're, and we're never, ever really told in this movie what yeah. exactly created this whole zombie type nation. And the fact that he's pulling all the different areas that he's interested in when he created this movie is like chef's kiss. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely agree. Well, and that's sort of endemic of uh, most of the better movies of the genre anyway, is you rarely find out, like, why. Like, it's almost incidental, right? But then I love that there's, like, like allusions to, uh, like, what is it? Uh, uh, infected monkeys or something and like as, like, an aside, which clearly is, like, a nod to, like, 28 Days Later uh, coming up next week. And, like, a few things here and there, but, like, like they refused, like, the Z, you know, oh, the Z word, excuse me, uh, not the Z word, but <laughs> the Z word. 
because they never in zombie movies they almost <laughs> never call them zombies right that's no. that's and that's one of the things in zombie land actually which i think i forgot to mention that actually uh is kind of changing with is actually using that term rather than yeah just you know calling them like infected or calling them like undead or not calling them anything at all <laughs> yeah yeah no Too early to bring up i am legend though <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah i mean i think you're onto something with that i mean it's it's, it's and it, it's um it's interesting that Shaun of the dead being i think very important to the genre of zombie movies is also part of like that cornetto trilogy like hot fuzz and uh not until the end of the world. Jesus Christ, that's Vin Vendors. No. Um, <laughs> what's the, what, uh, the end of the world, right? Or I can't hear you, Andy. It's like the third one is World's End. Is it the World's End? Is it World? Is it? I think it's World's End. I don't know. Okay. Yes. Yeah, Comment section, throw well, me a freaking bow. At World's End. <laughs> at World's, it sounded good to me. It did. It sounded good to me. Until the end of the world is great, though. Like, But it's also like four hours long. But anyway. There's nothing to do with any of this. Or, no, it's the world's end, I guess. The world's end, yeah, was, yeah. I thought it was at world's end because they end up at the bar. But yeah, it's the world's end, I guess. Yeah, and, and like each of these, and what one of the things I like about the, and they call it the Cornetto trilogy after the ice cream, is that like, it's meant to be like, uh, like fistful of dollars for a few dollars more and uh, good, bad, and the ugly. And the fact that they're not exactly like the same characters, but they play the same same ish usually type of characters and they have like a linked like there's there's links to them without the, without uh them being exactly chronologically exact uh the same storyline thank you <laughs> everybody says his video's gone his audio's gone it's just the going to neutron show <laughs> welcome no, to Rotana commercial I'm trying, to, I'm trying to fix the uh i'm trying to fix my lights they're like they're giving me like a weird color still got no audio for you andy much maybe want to check your inputs <laughs> Uh, the, but I think it's, it's amazing too, because there's such a sense of madcap adventure to this. Uh, but it's also kind of weirdly low stakes for like a, for a zombie movie too. Like, yeah. and I, and yeah, I like huh? that. Um, yeah, there you go. Okay, it was a risk. And, and I think it's, it's interesting too, that, that, you know, they, they often, we talk, we've talked about the people finding their moment, right. To, be <laughs> to find the find their moments in, in this in this um apocalyptic uh, scenario to like rise to the occasion right and sean kind of does that but if you stop and think about it did he i mean <laughs> which is kind of amazing as well because that's probably more likely as a scenario for most average people is that like not everyone's gonna like have like the the makings of the of a cinema hero that like, you know, they, they, uh, that's actually one of the only things I really liked about um, the movie that they called Dawn of the Dead that Zack Snyder did is like one of the characters, like, it's just like an average, like dude, like a drone kind of guy. But like he comes into his own when this happens and they actually acknowledge that, which is something I've, I've often thought about with these types of movies, not just zombie movies, any kind of apocalyptic movie where people that like otherwise have like a very mundane drab life. It's like, Oh no, you were built for this somehow for whatever reason, like Jesse Eisenberg's I mean, character. And it kind of, it kind of feels like the things that are holding him back from having a functional relationship. His 
relationship with uh with ed like um his relationship with his mom that's kind of you know too close or whatever his relationship with philip it's not that he does anything to fix those things they're just all dead by the end of the movie <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah there's not any growth of any kind other than uh <laughs> you know like yeah and, and like then the uh, Nick Frost character is just relegated to the shed <laughs> at the end of it. Spoiler alert, everybody. Mom, my mom like uh, watching it was like, I wonder if he felt bad that he, you know, he, he killed his mom, but he left <laughs> he left Ed alive as a zombie and just kept her in the oh, shed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I never even thought of that. They, oh, yeah, jeepers. Up, yeah. yeah, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a different situation. He had Ed, you know, trapped in the, you know, contained within the, uh yeah the, the the little seller but still it's like oh fuck i mean we could have kept these you know some of some of our loved ones a lot well not alive but like zombified but also it's a uh, uh it's, it's a comedy you know <laughs> <laughs> so like let's let's not let's not go over right? i mean it's meant to be funny and that's a funny way to end it I also like uh, I like the the you know Wendy Williams type show or whatever where she has her husband on. She's like, I know he's a zombie, but I love him, and he's like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, that goes kind of back to the conversation we had with Bonnie, right? About like uh, you know this the gaming out the scenario. So what would it actually be like if there was a honest to goodness zombie apocalypse? And her sort of theory that like things would just we would adapt. Right. And yeah, then... actually, I, I rewatched Maggie this weekend, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of what they do in that movie is they just kind of adapt. Um, I remember first watching it thinking, oh, them reopening the public schools that early? They, they, they wouldn't do that. No, no, they, they nailed it. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> Maggie actually uh, uh, ended up being a much better movie than, than uh, you know, than I thought it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Press, a little prescient. <laughs> So, and that's that's why it's yeah. hilarious that like yeah they have like the reality shows and, like yes. where they're like going for the meat or whatever. I mean that's that's come on that's funny. Yeah. Like, that's totally like, do that. Yeah. I mean they would they would one hundred percent be like a I married a I married a zombie type reality oh, show. Yeah. They would be like they'd be like you know a, a zombie show where it's like uh you know ninety day fiance or whatever the fuck it is, but it's like a bunch of zombies having to like you know find love in the end or something and not eat the person like you know. Um, yeah. I I wanted to play this though. This is uh, my zombie boyfriend. About, yeah <laughs> we're talking about um uh but you have to worry about the zombie babies writing, writing as we established in dead alive which we mentioned in the last episode you know the most obnoxious character in the history of cinema <laughs> yes this is what they're talking about um writing the scene where he's walking and uh he's oh, walking yeah, through sure. the city and and the actual that's the first thing they shot so i guess starting from the first shot um the last thing they shot i guess uh obviously was they spent a couple weeks in the winchester pub and like actually like you know um did that entire thing and i guess it took weeks to shot to shoot and it was like really hot in there which kind of makes it makes it sound like uh the way they described it makes it sound like texas chainsaw massacre where they're you know describing <laughs> like the scene where they leave yeah. the meat out for a couple of weeks that's literally yeah, those, how uh, <laughs> yeah, those toasties And I played the part of Sean Smiley Riley, as his name was. You probably didn't know that. That was his DJ name. Uh, he was a, um, an electrical store retail chap who was stuck in a sort of cycle of torpor and inactivity with his best friend, Ed, much to his girlfriend's sort of disapproval. That really, at the time, was fairly autobiographical. Nick and I, Nick Frost and I, who played Ed, 
were ensconced in a pub in Highgate called The Shepherds, where we spent much of our time, to the um, disappointment of our then-girlfriend, Edgar Wright, who used to try and get us to go into town and go to the Groucho Club and places like that, where celebrities hung out. But we didn't want to do that. We wanted to stay in the pub. So we wrote a whole film about it and added zombies. When we came up with the idea for Sean, um, we wanted him to stay in the same costume for the whole movie. Um, apart from the sort of first scene and the last scene. So we came up with this very, very distinctive white shirt, red tie, which became his look. I would have never written Shaun of the Dead if I carried on playing the PlayStation. That's, that's a fact. I feel like you can only concentrate on two, like, sort of, like, passions. And out of, like, books, music, films, like, uh, comics, games, uh, you know, like, I have to pick two. So I always have to go for films and music, so... My reading is terrible. Like keeping up with comics is really bad, and keeping up with games is really bad. But uh, I do watch a lot of movies, and I do listen to a lot of music, and I try and spread out into everything else while I have the time. The first day of the shoot was this shot where he walks from his house to the corner shop and back. I remember like one weekend playing like Resident Evil Two for a very, very long time, and then wandering out on a Sunday morning at like eight in the morning, and just walking up the road and across the street to the corner shop and back again without seeing any cars or anybody else. And I think probably because I've been playing that game, I was thinking, well, what if you walked out here and there were zombies? What if you saw it from the point of view of somebody who was hungover and who was the last to know? It got bigger based on the distance between the location, two locations. Are you about 15p? We couldn't find a flat that we liked and a corner shop that we liked that was, it was about a 45 second walk. So we had to make that interesting. What it was is the cameraman on the film said that he believed the shot would be cut out. He said, there's no way the shot's gonna stay in the movie. And I said, oh yes it is. I said, I'm gonna make it really interesting. So I think I made it more interesting with background gags and zombies going on because I was slightly annoyed that this guy had suggested that it was gonna get cut out for time. I mean, that's like that's like one of the key scenes of the movie, as far as I'm concerned. Like, it's, yeah. it's, that's an amazing scene. Like, I like, like how I much mean, this movie is uh, fueled by Edgar Wright having issues with people like, uh, you know, Simon Pegg or like his cameraman and like yeah. spiting them by putting like, <laughs> oh, I'm going to spite you and put the scene in. Oh, I'm going to write an entire yeah. script about how you won't go see celebrities. You know, in <laughs> we London. just want to hang out at the local yeah. club. Instead. And so yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a spite <laughs> script. <laughs> Anyway, can't argue with the results, right? Yeah, I could just see like some people like, "Is this about me?" <laughs> exactly. Oh, is there something you want to say to me? No, he's just too oblivious. He's like, he's like, <laughs> right, right. What do you, what do you, you know? <laughs> well, I, and and the, I mean, the, the best gag and is, and we've talked about it is like when um you know when he still has a notice that there's zombies and he like thinks it's a homeless dude right i mean that's like, that, come on that's hilarious and because very, that's realistic very real anyone yeah, that's like, lived in a big city like i don't i'm sorry like i'm, I'm not trying to sound insensitive but you know like some yeah. there is some zombie like tendencies so and especially if you're like distracted or what was it, hungover or whatever it was it was i should know i just watched like an hour ago but i remember Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I was just no, saying, yeah. let's run over. C continue. Yeah, yeah. I, I, th I thought so. Cheers I, to that. I remember <laughs> in the theater um, when that scene was going through, and I was enjoying it, but I also wanted to know if anybody else was as quirky as what I was, yeah. is still. And so I was looking around, 
And people were laughing as much as I was over that opening scene. And I thought, okay, good. We're all around here with the like-mindedness. Yeah. And this is going to be good. This is going to be a really enjoyable flick. Uh, Lord Loke uh, in the comments mentioning, I always love the woman snacking on the guy outside the Winchester. Another great gag because yeah. they're wasted. And they're like, oh, check it out. They're making out. And then like the, the second, second they turn yeah, around, the you see One of the best things about the movie too is, is the very first thing you hear is the song um, uh, by the Supers. The, spe the, the specials. specials. Yeah, the, the specials. Supers. The Supers. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're a Canadian band. Uh, <laughs> I know you've had this bit prepared too, so I didn't want to mercilessly. Yeah, no, and I'm screwing it up. Uh, I, I but, you, but, you, but you tripped at the starting block, my guy. <laughs> well, I mean, my, my mic stand's falling apart. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all um, scenario. Yeah, uh, my, my kid got lost on Tuesday, so I had a relapse of sickness on Wednesday, and yeah, yeah. sun was in my eyes. It was wild. Anyway, yeah, yeah, craziness. Um, the specials. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. The specials, which, which, if uh, anybody's not familiar with the specials, they they were uh, one of the first ska bands came out of the punk scene in the seventies. A lot of are they, are they considered two tone, Scott? They're considered two. -tone, yeah, they're two tone. Right? They, they, yeah. yeah, they're two tone. Um, yeah. they're they're like the the least famous of the the big two tones because this was like uh, um, the beat madness is the one that broke out big. Yeah, uh, and, and so Sele the selector I would say is is lesser known than the special. You know what? Nobody cares. It's fine. Go Nobody ahead. cares. Yeah, but but uh, the thing is though is that uh, their their um song Ghost Town, which is the first song you hear, is actually yeah. about the Thatcher England. Uh, how it like uh, about how like the the suburbs uh you know the the factory towns have been like emptied out and the social life has dried up because of um uh the recession that they were in and, and uh you know uh which which is kind of apropos to to the you know that moment of the uh, you know uh was Blair still PM then uh like, uh yeah that was before? yeah that was Tony Ooh. Tony Blair was in the nineties yeah to Tony Blair was like two thousand four though right yeah because that was like Iraq War. Yeah, yeah, so so kind of like you know the the continuation of the neoliberalism that that I think um, he was like on his way out around that time, like it's like 2007 or something maybe that he was was his uh, yeah he was prime minister until 97 to 2007, so he was still prime minister at that time. Okay, yeah, but, but as opposed cool. as opposed to Liz Truss, who was in for 4.1 Scaramucci's. <laughs> well, you know she went she went to she went to Parliament and she said, "Not my joke." Oh. I went, he actually said that himself. Credit where credit's due. I wish I came up with that. <laughs> she went. She went to Parliament and she said, "Trust fall and fell." And no one. None of the Tories caught her. Nobody, nobody grabbed her. <laughs> I'm just what astounding. The cat. I, I love. I love the uh, the tweets that were that were like, "Oh, you know, like it, maybe it was an inside operation, like you know, tank tank the pound, get rid of the queen, like." <laughs> Yeah, well, because the queen met her and then died. The, the queen was fine and met her and then remember. died the next day. Yeah, so my whole, like I've I've always felt like she was like an angel of death sent down to like you know yeah. kill the queen and then, uh, you know, not an agent of chaos. Not, I not think Charles is going to have more time. PMs than his mother did, and she was like you know uh, queen for for like ever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, I, I, anyways, always, I always kind of assumed that the queen would live longer and then Charles would uh, die before the queen Before did. the queen, that'd be amazing. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm not convinced the queen's still dead. I'm sure they're going to dig that body up and she's a zombie. She's totally I was going to say, where's that zombie movie? Yeah, exactly, zombie queen. Yeah. But I, I love I love the line in, in, uh, in Shaun of the Dead, to bring it back to Shaun of the Dead. Where he's like, uh, he's like, you know, the jukebox going and he goes, kill the queen. And he goes, what? And he goes, the jukebox. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Andy, did you get out what you wanted for that? For this, I'm sorry. I, I think part. so. I mean, but just basically was kind of comparing, uh, you know, like Forget. that that uh, early uh, 2000s malaise that uh, we had yeah. before the uh, the recession, um, and how this movie kind of taps into that a bit, uh, and how like the idea of using the song "Ghost Town" as the opening number is is a statement. It is like you know your thesis statement right there. Uh, but that's about that's uh, you're right though. He, yes. he does that, especially, I mean, like, two, uh, I mean, Baby Driver's probably the one that's, like, most. Oh, yeah. Most notably yeah. so, right? Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, like, he's, he's, uh, he's again, as we established in the Scott Pilgrim episode, like, he is very judicious about his use of music. And I, yeah, I appreciate, clearly, I appreciate that. But I think it's, it's uh, notably so. Like, it's a character in the films, Last last year when uh, Adam Curtis put out that, uh, you know, oh, can't get you out of my head docuseries or whatever, his thesis mm-hmm. was another uh, song by the specials. It was Do Nothing. That was his. So it was like 50 years of like emotional climate around neoliberalism. Like that's what he's kind of tracing through this, uh, you know, through this entire like six part docuseries. And, you know, it's interesting that that bo- in both cases they use it as kind of this this uh this ska based ska based thesis statement I guess. <laughs> in very different ways yeah uh I, we would be disingenuous because we did mention queen to not mention one of the greatest scenes of all time oh which yeah is, of course don't stop me now uh where they where they assault the, the, the owner of the bar in time with the music which is amazing <laughs> this like, is uh this is simon Pegg uh describing the process of shooting it I'm I sure. had to cut out a lot of parts of it because he's watching it live, but uh, this, is, this is what I managed to <laughs> Simon Pegg react. <laughs> hey, where's that switch? I'll, I'll watch that. <laughs> 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 Edgar Wright actually uses a lot of the uh, actual sound from the fruit machine within the movie to sort of um, communicate foreboding and what have you it's very clever i think it's called diegetic sound i think when you use actual yep. elements from the scene as a diegetic but yeah um he's very good at that watch his films we were in this set for a few weeks and uh it was towards the end of the shoot everybody was very tired and uh it was pretty draining i seem to remember it was very hot one of the zombies fainted um really tall one because he was near the lights um and uh but I, I'll never forget the smell. I'll never forget how brilliant the production design was. There was a bit of tinsel in the uh, in the money bottle, you know. There was like full of coppers, and um, and someone had put a little bit of tinsel in, like someone had done that on Christmas. That was fantastic. God love those extras for just standing outside and basically being silhouettes and moaning. Um, extras often moan, but uh, these ones were doing it on purpose. A long time before everyone was going crazy for Freddy again, um, this was Edgar's idea, and he wanted to just have a scene of extraordinary violence set to an incredibly happy song. And he's a huge Queen fan, as am I, but Edgar's a particularly huge Queen fan. And uh, Don't Stop Me Now is just this relentlessly positive sort of um, propulsive um, ode to positivity. And um, we just thought it'd be hilariously funny to beat an old man to death to it. I remember being really tired on this day. I remember just coming down after lunch to shoot this scene and being physically 
in bits and then having to get into zombie bashing mode. Oh, it's terrible being an actor, isn't it? This is a, quite an early sort of progenitor to Baby Driver, if you think about it, because it's Edgar basically using music that the characters are listening to to score the film. And also, we actually move kind of in time with the music. It's sort of, sort of like a dance, really. And we, we choreographed it in rehearsal. We, 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 we sort of got into a room and we, we got all these moves together where if you watch Lucy and, and Penelope are actually dancing to the song as they're watching us smashing Steve across the head. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's, you can see Baby Driver as the culmination of ideas that Edgar Wright had been having for many years. <laughs> yes, I think the best part is when the friend girl and friend boy are just watching to the beat because they're just like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bop after all. No, I, that's, uh, you know, not only says some of the same things we just said, but like, yeah, uh, it's uh, on point, right? I mean, it's hilarious too, but it's like well done as a scene. Right, which right. Is good for a comedy. <laughs> well the sound effects you know like i noticed that the uh the the short staccato quick film cuts uh sound clips that in edgar's movies you know like the squeal of the tires uh the whoosh you know and you'll see somebody slam the door whoosh and then you know the zoom in on people at this at the same time that these short clips are being taken yeah. it's brilliant absolutely brilliant loved it i i um something i kind of had forgotten about like as, as a subplot was avon and like how she has her whole yes. parallel group of like people that like has the exact <laughs> like we'll call it the character class if it was D D of like the exact class of <laughs> our own character class does. yeah yeah exactly and, and then there's Freeman. with martin freeman yeah <laughs> and, and and, and like, and there's the moment where they all pass each other, and it's like you see, like, like, oh, yeah, 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 okay. And then the last one, the last one is uh, Ed and and the other guy, or whatever. And they're both, they're both like on their around with their phones, <laughs> exactly. No, it's, um, what a great another moment. bit I realized this time that I hadn't thought about before is that uh, the the guy that fucks with them at work, right? Like the taller guy that you see uh, mm -hmm. pushing the cart later on. Yeah, he's on the phone with Ed trying to get weed from him um oh really <laughs> yeah oh yeah 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 right right yeah right yeah you're right and i don't think that i mean obviously sean like sean doesn't know that but when he's on the phone he's like i just talked to him he doesn't he didn't have anything or whatever and yeah. then but the call when sean's in the house or whatever is about how he doesn't have any weed so it's like oh shit like <laughs> small yeah, neighborhood all like interconnected yeah <laughs> yeah it's pretty, pretty and their uh their other roommate is uh peter sassafras who is uh, better known for playing the Tick on Amazon? Yeah, and uh, oh. also the voice of Darth Maul in Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, and before uh, the character got good, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, honestly, the Phantom and, Menace and the in the Clone part. Wars and Re uh, oh, actually, I guess it's Rebels. Like that, they they turned that character in awesome. Yeah, but, like, but he was still awesome in that. I, I mean, let's let's be fair. That was just that. That's, the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. The scene he was in. The, you know, at the end where he gets killed almost immediately. But that fight. Before and you're like, that? that's it. <laughs> like this, this, you guys like know, six months of build up for okay. the how fucking awesome this guy's the new Darth Vader, and he gets fucking smoked <laughs> by Ian McGregor immediately. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yes. But that fight. You scene, think that's awesome? The whole fight sequence, though. 
was just beautiful. Yeah, I, I, right. Do you mean the parts immediately before he gets completely killed? Yeah, right. the, the five yeah. minutes where they're, they're like slashing at each other. Like, yeah, okay. that, that was great. I love, okay, I'm sorry. I'm a sucker for sword fights. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, well choreographed fight scenes like that, I just absolutely yeah. love. And uh, it's maybe yeah, the so, only good scene in that movie, but. But yeah, sure. yeah. I, I, yeah, I was pissed off that like they built up that character as being like again like the new Darth Vader or something like what that was it. But then yeah. his whole arc is incredibly redeemed by both the Clone Wars cartoon series and Rebels. I can't believe I'm doing this to you. This this is Andy <laughs> stuff. I'm doing to you, Andy. Um, and <laughs> but it's like to the point that like when he shows up at the end of Solo, maybe one of the only good things about that movie. Uh, it's like, oh, that's very earned. Yeah, if you a like, bad right? Star Wars movie with Darth. We Ball, have right? we have an after we have an after party for for this conversation. I know. Well, I, 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 yeah, exactly. I don't know how. I, again, I don't know how I got put into the Andy role. I feel oh. like Christina's not on. I'm all like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, like, here's a. I, oh no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was gonna add to um, the the list of um, uh, Yvonne's characters that well her. Oh yeah. The Motley crew that was there. I mean, there's uh, uh, Matt Lucas was the one that was parroting, you know, Ed's, you know. And then what I was also thinking was the 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 17 year old coworker, you know, that's David Williams and and Matt and David were in Little Britain together. So it's Little always, Britain, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. So I was always wondering, like, how closely do these people actually know one another? Because if you're gonna pull one in, you know, just for a cameo, like that's brilliant. That's total brilliance. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it, it shows like a certain degree of self awareness too. Uh, and it's it's but but again it's de it's deeply hilarious because it's like they're going one way and they're going the other way and they're like oh hello <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay and, and the, the other strange thing too about that that whole thing uh you know just just uh because Edgar Wright uh, then went to Canada after this to do um well not Tiff. immediately I think uh, it was uh, Tiff but, didn't he did he do Tiff Toronto? uh well I was gonna say uh, Scott Pilgrim um Scott but, Pilgrim, yeah. um the uh, the guy from Little Britain he happens to be a big Moxie Fruvis fan uh, whenever they God toured England. Apparently, uh, uh, he was sitting up in the front row, like, uh, you know, be, being a big fanboy to, to Moxie Fruvis. Hey, guys. You know, you know, you know Chris Murphy was like, your friend Andrew sure does bring up Moxie Fruvis a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he told this to me privately, but I was like, yeah, he likes that. <laughs> hey, guys, this is a clip about the word cunt. You know, I was I've been trying to pull it out somehow <laughs> to get us back on get track. <laughs> from the fact that we we wanted to do two things at once, we kind of like the idea of uh, mixing two genres and but keeping them both pure at the same time. It's easy with horror; is quite easy to send up because its its themes are so grand and they're so easy to kind of lampoon. But we kind of wanted to make a horror film and a comedy and have both things running at the same time. American Wealth in London was our Mm -hmm. our kind of inspiration because there you have a film which is at once funny and terrifying. Well, we both wanted to, uh, we just were really fascinated with the idea that no matter what happens in the world, no matter how cataclysmic an event can be, your life still remains fairly pretty much the same. We were sitting in the writing room and we'd come up with a number of lines featuring the word cunt that we really liked and we didn't really want to drop any of them. And so we wrote to the BBFC, which is the British Board of Film Classification, and very politely asked them, how many times can you say cunt in a film and it still be a 15 certificate? And they replied to us. And they replied, 
Like, I, I actually just asked them if I could put this on the internet because I think it's such an amazing email. This is written to the British Board of Film Censors. Dear Mr. Wright, thank you for your email, which has been passed on to me. The BBFC's guidelines at 15 state the strongest terms, for example, cunt, may be acceptable if justified by the context. Aggressive or repeated use of the strongest language, for example, cunt, is unlikely to be acceptable. As a general rule, it is highly unusual for the BBFC to permit more than three to four uses of very strong language, cunt, at 15 in a feature-length work. In terms of context, it is more likely that we would pass throwaway matter-of-fact or comic uses than uses that are aggressive, personally directed, or accompanied by complicating factors such as violence, threat, racism, or a power imbalance. For example, male to female uses are more of a problem than the other way around. In an extreme case, even an aggressive use can push the film to an 18. For example, if a man were hitting a woman and calling her a cunt. <laughs> this is a real email, by the way. Or a man of one race hitting a person of a different race and using very strong language in combination with racist terms. Similarly, putting several uses together in a very short space of time may breach the repeated section of our guidelines and cause problems at 15. It is generally better if uses are spread out somewhat. As you say, we passed a single use of a strong word cunt in Shaun of the Dead because the use in question was throwaway, unthreatening, and essentially a term of endearment amongst friends. <laughs> and then in brackets, and then in brackets it says, can I get any of you cunts a drink? Question mark. <laughs> What was, we actually permitted two uses, one spoken and one written. First of all, we see the word cunt on the list of prohibited terms on the swear box in the police station, and then we hear, what a cunt, when a man tells his friend about a man who sold drugs to kids. <laughs> in the first case, the use was written, which reduces its impact, and of course lacked any aggression. In the second case, the use was not aggressive, and was not personally directed, but instead uttered about a person who was not present at the time. So if Uncle Derek had been there, it could have been an 18. So the answer to your question is that it is possible to receive a 15 certificate with three or four uses of the word cunt, provided they are not aggressive or threatening or complicated by any kind of power imbalance. However, it's best not to concentrate them into one, together into a short outburst, and we'd certainly caution against more than three or four uses. I hope that's helpful. Craig Lapper, Senior Examiner, British Board of Film Censors. What an email. What a cunt. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, yeah that's, that would have been my tag, too. Yeah. Uh, by the way, <laughs> as you may notice, I have some red on me. <laughs> <laughs> and I specifically did this uh, because I wanted a visual reminder of uh, Sean being in his work outfit. And when I first saw it, uh, like the, I saw the poster for Sean of the Dead before I ever saw the film. And my presumption was, I was like, oh, it's going to be like space, but like an Evil Dead thing. It's going to be like, you know, Ash from, from Evil Dead, like Army of Darkness. It's going to be like that. And, but I like the idea of like somebody being in their work uniform and, and dealing with like all these kinds of things. But yeah, like the whole like, I had, I had forgotten the running gag of the, uh, you got some red on you. <laughs> like it um, starts with the pen if i remember correctly and then it goes goes on interestingly uh edgar wright was actually like the first movie that he saw on tv that he thought like i, I have this clip that i'll play in the after party but the first movie he saw on tv that he thought to himself like i could do this i could kind of make some kind of film mm -hmm. and like have my you know like friends and like some actors or whatever like was evil dead evil dead right yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that goes back to what we were talking about on dead alive and Night of living dead of it, about like you know, just, just being 
inspirational films for like, oh, I don't, you can just do this, I guess. <laughs> you can just, just like run around with, like in the case of Sam Raimi, completely physically abuse your friend to the point of comedy uh, and make a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I I also feel like I don't think the American, uh, you know, MPAA or whatever is that context based. Like, I like how, yeah, you know, they, they said all the explanations right. of like, uh, well, you know, if you're not using it aggressively towards somebody, you could say cunt, you know, but you can't really call a woman a cunt. Like, that's a completely different thing. How, oh, how British, though, to have like that level of granularity to it? Like, how British? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Hope this helps. Yeah. In Canada, it's not. In Canada, we we can use it. We're sort of like a hybrid between the United States and uh, you know England, uh, New Zealand, Australia. We use that term, and we don't use it to the to the extent, I suppose, is what uh, Americans seem right to here. think it means. But we're not really that loose with it either, as you know, the UK do. But or the Australians, uh, or the Australians. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, Australians. I've used it. <laughs> I've used it, but and it has meant absolutely nothing. And in fact, on my stream, I <laughs> I have an alert that pops up <laughs> just because of that, where somebody was being a total cunt, and so I did use it accordingly. <laughs> but I mean, it was that your justification? <laughs> well, to be fair, they were being a total cunt. Oh, okay. Well, well they were a troll. <laughs> they were a troll, and I Got said, it. "Okay, all right. Yeah. Why don't you fuck off, you cunt?" And then yeah. that became an alert. And so I was like, oh, good. We'll use that one all the time whenever someone's being a, a real nasty troll. But I mean, in Canada, it does not have that 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 weight or that yeah. vulgarity that what Americans seem to identify using that term with, if that makes sense in a way. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I've heard, and I've heard that before. Um, well, we had a whole conversation with Renee about it. Well, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> Australia. I mean, Australia is a, yeah, hey, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I remember watching the Wiggles going like, wow, you... the, the use of the word cunt is amazing on this <laughs> <laughs> It's very artful. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, that's, that, I mean, that's language for you, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, colloquialisms and uh, slang and, um, anything along those lines but you know it's funny because i think there's this movie definitely transcends like any of that like like there's enough in it to have it be like you know quote unquote authentic or whatever but it, is, it doesn't none of it seems very forced it seems like a very lived in world and, and again and i think a lot of that's to the fact that like in you know, the vast majority of the cast have like worked together before and, and in the case it, of the two main, I mean, the two main actors lived together at the time. Lived, yeah, exactly. And just yeah. had a great familiarity with each other that uh, it's sort of easy to establish that. But you can kind of very easily sort of map out in your mind, like, OK, what had their life looked like a couple months ago or, you know, yeah. whatever. And I think that that's a. Uh, that's always exciting, and that's I, I always like movies that uh, have that level of depth, which is definitely an Edgar Wright sensibility. It's um, very British. It's very British. It is very British. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like, which goes back to what Forrest had in the intro, right? About how, like, you know, British series, they don't go on for, like, 25 seasons. They go, it's like three. Unless you're yeah. Doctor Who. Unless you're Doctor Who. Which or is unless you're Monty Python's Flying Circus that went on for... Well, really Doctor Who's the longest-running yeah. science no, fiction yeah. show. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, Monty Python was only on for three series. Really? I thought they had. They, I, thought uh, they, I had mean, they had. More... They had all the movies after. You're, you're, yeah. you're thinking of the movies and the specials and things like that. But 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 yeah, it is like a wild anomaly. The Doctor Who has been as. Yeah, it's uh, like it's like uh, um, 
what was it? Uh, they got some weird soap <laughs> operas like Doctors and. Uh, uh, I'm not, not going to uh, read that. <laughs> West Enders and that kind of stuff that's been going on, but like that's soap operas, you know. Uh, I, think the most, I think the most British moment in this entire movie, though, is, uh, and I have it as my name, and I wanted to bring it up no matter what. <laughs> when Philip tells her, uh, he's like, it's okay. I ran it under the cold tap. Then, oh, yeah. he, and then he says the thing about like we got our jabs last uh, last summer. We went to the, the Isle of Wight, <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a like uh, yeah, old old school British yeah kind of pot reaction. of tea. Remember his mom had to make the tea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The stiff upper lip sort of sensibility for sure for sure i mean and even like the, the weapons that they use i didn't want to you know? be a bother like she keeps telling him like i, I didn't <laughs> want to i didn't want to be a bother <laughs> yeah. i guess uh, uh, helen mirren was originally like in, in talks to be uh the, the the mother character which would have been she, uh she shot it down different. and said the only way that she would be in it is if she could be ed That's yeah she wanted she wanted to be funnier which would have been by the way like <laughs> Amazing. He's, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would have been, I would have been way down for that, frankly. Sure. But I get it that like it was you didn't fit the vision. Imagine I mean, if it's yeah. the exact same movie. Imagine it's the exact same movie, but it's uh you know Simon Pegg living with Helen Mirren. And, yeah, I love and it. And then I mean, they're like, <laughs> stop right there. You've made the sale. Green lit. Leave yeah, her alone. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> played video games and like can I, can it I up. buy Amazing. any of you cunts a drink? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, please. Dame Helen Mirror. Thank you. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually got my wife to go see the movie Red whenever that came out because Helen Mirren was in it. Okay. Who didn't blink when she was firing her machine guns? <laughs> Yeah, uh, but yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Could have brought back I actually thought when, when they said you have red on your shirt, I thought it was a because I, I know that Simon Pegg is a, a huge Star Trek fan. I thought because of the term red oh. on your shirt, I was thinking, oh my god, is he gonna get bumped off? Because everybody knows in Star Trek, if you've got a red shirt on, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, you're pretty much circling the drain. So yeah. I was concerned for him. I really was. Except for Next Generation, where they made that the command color. But yeah, not to be too nervous. I think it was but, yellow that that uh, was the... Uh, yeah. That was the disposable... Uh, the disposable? Instant <laughs> Adams. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who, who beams down? Well, there's the captain, the first officer, the chief medical officer, and like Instant Adams. Oh, yeah, I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. So some dude we've never met before. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the oh, same kind of, but it's the same kind of thing, like the same kind of that. bit as, uh, you know, at the beginning, they keep going up to like kids that are going to become a zombie. Like he, he looks at the fucking kid with the soccer yeah. ball and he's like, you're dead. And he, uh, yeah. and then he says That's about, true, yeah. he says about Pete, he's like, next time I see him, he's dead. So like they're, they're kind of foreshadowing at this, like in this absolutely. Oh, and, and even like, like whenever he's there talking about like, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to, uh, start off with the bloody Mary. And, and who's the first <laughs> the person they meet was Mary who, who, uh. <laughs> You know, was was a zombie. Oh shit! I, yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, like, like that, that, that whole like list is actually he outlines the plot of the film, like like <laughs> in the, uh, one of the first scenes of the movie. Panic on the streets of London. <laughs> I I also uh, I also appreciate the bit where the guys you know it's the announcer on TV and he's like by removing the head or destroying the brain and then which is the a callback the... to uh, uh, George Romero. Yeah, too. but it, but the, at the very end of the movie, he's like, I never thought I'd say something like that on TV. Removing right. the head or destroying the brain. Remarkable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, mean, I mean, it's very matter of fact in uh, uh, Rules and Night of Living Dead. I'm, I'm, I'm 
I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean, whatever it is, it's like very matter of fact then too. But it's obviously there's something hilarious about it being a posh British accent, right? But yeah. that's just deeply hilarious, apparently to people in England as well. But definitely hilarious mm-hmm. to us. Well, there's a certain there's like announcer voice. It's like a different, you know. I mean, I don't yeah, think it's the same way that we. Have it's like BBC voice. voice we call yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, Justifiably it, or not, it's different. It's different than the uh, old-fashioned announcer voice, which is just the most condescending possible British accent that's talking about yeah. like India or something. They're like, in India, something's happened this week, and it's like the most patronizing possible. They've they've changed Those that. Just, they, they had a bit yeah. of insurrection, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they think they can do self-government. Huh, Spot I of doubt rebellion. It, <laughs> Spot of rebellion after the morning. Um, there was another line I wanted to bring up. Uh, while we're while we're talking about things, oh, uh, when he says, um, "Hold on," when he says, uh, as Bertram Russell once said, "The only thing that can redeem, redeem mankind is cooperation." And he's like, "I think all of us will, uh, you know, could take that in now or whatever." And then Liz asks him, "Was that on a beer mat?" And he goes, "Guinness, extra cold." <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, and well, and there's a lot of kind of self-aware but not like nudge nudge wink wink self-aware sort of moments in this movie that i think make it kind of work on another level comedically yeah okay receive pronounce okay I, I, don't know. I don't know why I'm reading while I'm attempting to speak on the air about it's something I'm, I'm, I'm doing uh and I mean, one of those things well uh the the uh but like I think there's a tendency towards overdoing that now, like with the, and again, and most people ascribe it to like the Marvel cinematic universe or whatever, but like, it's, it's just a, it's just part of the self-referential nature of our times that like, there's just a lot of that. And like, somebody like makes a comment and like, you know, somebody would immediately like undercut it and like, you know, whatever. And, but it was still like that manner of comedy in this style of movie was not as, uh, pronounced, so to speak, as it, as it is now, and the, I think it's one thing that makes it kind of special is because now it's sort of like, oh god, all right, here we go. Like everybody's got to have something clever to say all the time, always, which never happens in real life or on this <laughs> show, usually, frankly. Uh, but <laughs> but it's it's something where it works well here because it's used judiciously. Like it's not like it's not super ratatat. It's not like you know, it's not like David Mamet or like Sorkin speed or whatever. Um, and I think that that's yeah. yeah well, that's I mean, which, which is what makes it interesting to talk about both uh, Shaun of the Dead and Zombieland in the same because you know those movies are literally yeah. a decade apart, right? Like 2014, mm-hmm. I think, and 2004. So it's interesting that you know by the time you get to 2014, everything is self-referential. Every yeah. like and and it's like the nerdiest possible people like Jesse Eisenberg still have something to say, like. You know what I mean? Like even in their nerdiness, they like come up with a line and it's like, it might be awkward, but like they still have come up with a line. It's like, dude, like that's not how it works. Like, it was only five years yeah. apart. It was only five years apart, but yeah, it felt like a decade. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, you know, that's it's Bush, it, Bush to Obama too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, Blair to uh, whoever was after Blair. Blair. To, uh, Gordon Brown. <laughs> yeah. Was that it? Yeah. I give a job brownie. Gordon Gecko. Gordon. Prime Minister Gordon Gecko. Who can forget it? <laughs> Um, Might as well, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> what? what am, I, am I right, folks? Anyway, yeah. That, yeah, both. Both. That that kills on the commons floor. Thank you. <laughs> both Adventureland and Zombieland were both 2009. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember. I was like, "There's two movies that have got land in the title," All and right. they both have Jesse Eisenberg. Is the... Adventureland's pretty good. It's good. I, I enjoyed it. 
I like the slapstick in Shaun of the Dead too. Um, like, and it, yes, even in the most British form, they didn't have, except for the one gun, the Winchester. I mean, they had uh, a shovel, they had kitchen knives. Uh, there's the grass hockey stick that uh, the character Liz was holding. They yeah. had darts. And I mean, the slapstick was amazing too, because there's usually in comedy two places which will garner laughs. Anything that gets struck in the head or in the bells <laughs> and you know sean gets the dart to the head before yeah. you know the dart which is amazing that's like deep i mean i, I every time yeah. i see it i'm like ah! yeah yeah like the guy oh, I, I flinch every time i see it because i've almost gotten hit with darts before and, <laughs> and it's like sticking out it's yeah like, what are you saying, Lisa? Um, so the the guy that gets the arm the one first shot um well she misses and then she gets the arm and and then you know That's that right. doesn't really get a lot of laughs but it's always the, anything to do with the head will rule, get, rule of three yeah, yeah yeah so i thought yeah for sure for sure this is gonna garner a lot and then of course beat wax to the head you know that always gets well the too. the the rule about whacking somebody in the head usually is that um like the, the when when they teach you how to script comedy is that you have to do it from enough of a distance that uh the person can't actually feel like they feel it themselves which is interesting <laughs> like they teach you to do it that way like you, you you can't really show somebody getting hit in the head in, in graphic detail you i mean now they do in a lot of movies like i mean we watched um you know, like like Brain Dead, she destroys the fucking oh, yeah. rat monkey in, in graphic detail. But the you know the old the old style comedy rules. If you're gonna show somebody getting hurt like in, in that way, like um, it's it's got to be from far enough away that the person can't like you know that that they don't feel like it's happening to them. There's like a yeah. distance thing. But um, you know, it's cool. It's it's funny and when when Sean gets hit with the uh you know with the dart, like it's close up enough that I don't know. Like like my reaction to it is like thinking about like how much it would fucking hurt to get hit by a dart. But then other people's reaction to it is probably laughing because it's, it's a funny bit. So it's kind of, it's interesting how that hits us uh, with, with a certain perspective. So like yeah. <laughs> and then the um, removal of it, you know, the, and there's blood spurting when then we removes yeah. it, you know, extra. <laughs> well, and you bring up an important point that I'm glad you did that I forgot to mention is that, you know, one of the things that makes us notable is, is like it's England. So there isn't like a gun in every holster. And, and every corner no. and uh and like that's what what makes it great is they they do have to improvise with their weapons they have to like find like whatever's around and like if you stop and think about like zombie movies if you think about you know and again we're doing 28 days later with uh, jeremy uh on tuesday uh same deal right like the military has guns but like there aren't guns just around you know, like what? What's uh? What is a uh, uh? Tallahassee say? You know, God bless rednecks or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's true, right? I mean, because it's like you know, obviously a bunch of amosexuals in this country, so yeah. it's like you know, guns are very plentiful. And then like they're also uh, in Texas in that movie for whatever reason. Like he's yeah. he's hitchhiking through Texas. He makes a whole comment about Texarkana and stuff. But but, but uh, that's but like, like generally in the U.S., guns are are plentiful. I mean, yeah. in Wisconsin, Wisconsin is an open carry state. Yes, with right. the, with the crazy castle doctrine law that Scott Walker put into effect. Yes, yes. Um, and like, and but you also had uh, like, uh, for example, one of the dead, which is taking place in uh, Cuba. Um, th th there's I no feel like guns you're in that like movie. Like a little taste every time you mention it on air, but okay. Th th there's uh, no guns in that movie until the American shows up. Uh, who's not right. really an American? It's just the one guy in Cuba that can speak a little English, um, <laughs> which makes it even funnier. Maybe you know. CIA, who knows? Um, but no, the, the guy shows up with all these guns and stuff, so so they're actually armed at the end. Whenever they they uh, yeah yeah, it's 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 fun. Um, but 
but but yeah, the, the the one guy with the guns in the movie is is the American. Well, yeah, because you don't, you're not allowed. To, I mean, in Cuba, you're not allowed to have guns. Um, but but I think thinking. that's notable because if you stop, if you if you think about like the zombie <sighs> mythos, right? Like the, there's a lot of like, okay, you got to like what you know, shot to the head or a double tap if you're in, in zombie land. Shot uh, to but, the head, and you're to blame. Anyway. But but it's like it, it it implies the immediate availability of guns. Right. And, and that, that just is not the case in England. And that's like one of the reasons why, like uh, those Guy Ritchie movies, right, like Snatch and all and, and like, yeah. Lock, Sock and Two Smoking Barrels. Like it's 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 like a conceit of it is like, you know, this is an aberration that there are like guns on the street. Like, oh, my God, there's guns on the street. Well, I mean, if you look <laughs> like at, a civilized if, country, <laughs> if you look at Night of the Living Dead, right, there's the one gun like they have the yeah. one, the one shock. And then, you know, they, they come up and they shoot them a bunch of times because it's it's like a. a vigilante uh you know unit that's been raised by a sheriff and by like you know the national guard to go in and and try to to, like kill as many zombies as they can but like until that point there's that one gun like they're fighting over it uh you know at the end of the movie yeah well and that that makes it unique too i think yeah but uh but then he made sure you know like george romero made sure that you know uh it's characters that would have a gun in Dawn of the Dead, right? Because they're both in the National Guard in the beginning, the two uh, the two friends, and then the other two, you know, they might, they might not have a gun within, um, you know, in, like, the news station that they work on, but, like, they probably would have a gun, at least a flare gun or something, uh, as part of, you know, the helicopter that they take. So, um, and, then, and then Day of the Dead, obviously, they're, you know, in a military base, like, establishment. So, you know, he finds ways to actually shoehorn the amount of guns that he needs in each movie. That makes sense. I was answering the, com- I was answering the, uh, <laughs> the comment section <laughs> while you were talking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's like, like one of the appeals to going to the Winchester is that there's a gun there. And then there's all the wow, well, you know, you know, it doesn't even work. Like it doesn't <laughs> what the term is, but like well, they, they assume that the gun that being there means that the guys in the North London Mafia, which is kind of a yeah, you know, hilarious. Like, the like, only way the guy would have a gun is <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly, <laughs> <laughs> why, why else would he have a gun? Checkmate, liberal. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the... <laughs> and dogs can't look up too. You know, can't exactly. That that's the other. That's the other thing. Yeah. Uh, but then, but then, of course, you know, the Nick Frost character keeps insisting that it is. Keeps insisting, and then it turns out that he's right. That like it does work, and it seems to be key to the uh, to the plot. Um, yeah. Anyway, th- this is. But I mean, one of the things I think that like is notable uh, for Shaun of the Dead is that like the action is like pretty well paced. Like it doesn't really like lag at all uh it's 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 pretty like the cadence costly. is good yeah the cadence and, uh, is good. and i feel like sometimes especially with comedies uh there's a tendency to like have too much of a, a refractory period or something along those lines and i don't feel like that's the case here at all i feel like this is a very uh very taut film i think it's like like barely it's like barely over 90 minutes right i mean it's, yeah. it's certainly not like like it's um, i mean Again, as, as I'm often fond of saying on this show, it's like there's so many movies now. It's like, this is good. Wrap it up. It's enough. Like, like come on. You don't yeah, need, that's like, why you're still watching the Batman. Exactly. Still watching the Batman. Still watching Drive My Car. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, I, that's, a, that's a modern sensibility. I just hate. As much as I just said how much I love Until the End of the World, which is, yeah, it's like four hours. It's probably even longer than that. I can't remember. But yeah, that's like an aberration. 27 years, I think. <laughs> exactly but and especially when 
you know, one of the things that's so nice about this is like when something's so hot and well paced like that, it makes you want to watch it again rather than being like, cool, that was good. I'm never going to watch that again. Yeah. And I think this has incredibly repeat uh, watchability. I know because I've seen it a bunch of times. <laughs> well, so Edgar writes uh, DP 3060, I think is the show that they interview directors like on their whole career or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about how his first movie that he made as like a college student or whatever was 53 minutes, but he somehow padded it up to 73 minutes, like by doing these really, really long title credit sequences, but he wanted it shown in theaters. So he like had to make a feature length film. So I guess that's 73 minutes. So you're talking about how this film Renee, we did actually cover Stalker, and I love I, I love Tarkovsky and I actually <laughs> described uh, Too Old to Die Young as Tarkovsky's Narcos, which I thought was pretty good. Thank you. But um I by the way, I did this earlier. The world's in and, and this is and this is the, like I like I I couldn't I couldn't freaking remember. There's like there's like four movies came out that have like some more titles around the same time. Anyway, whatever. And and there's the uh that show, the, that British show that came up with uh it has a similar yeah, but yeah, World's End, so you know, was, was, uh, I took personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, well done. But uh, no, so like, but it, it's kind of fascinating that, um, that you know, his, his original thing is like, because I know how long it takes to film something. Like, you know, because he, he just had friends that he was filming with. Like, he hadn't even filmed Space yet at this point. So he did like this, this first feature film that's just like his friends and they're all hanging out. And he found some like, you know, unpaid actors or whatever. He didn't even know Simon Pegg yet. And so he like padded this movie. He said he really doesn't like it, but he padded it up to 73 minutes after shooting like 55 minutes of footage. And then this, you know, he, he said that he had three hours to cut down for hot fuzz. There's like, you know, an extra like hour and a half of movie or something that you don't get to see with that. So it's kind of funny which movies I think um, end up being longer and which one like, you know, when you when you're starting out or something like how much you actually have to shoot to do a feature film that doesn't get talked about a lot. I think this movie is the perfect perfect length for what it is. Are you talking about a fistful of fingers? Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember. I remember it was like a, a, a Sergio Leone reference, but yeah, uh, I've, I've not seen it, but I'm not. Yeah, no, I haven't either. I don't watch things that suck. <laughs> I well, do. apparently, apparently, you sure got, do. Like, <laughs> apparently, it got good reviews at the time. It doesn't like suck, suck, but like he just I wasn't know. happy with. He envisioned it one way and it came out a different way. I'm sure it's just like, a, just you know, I mean, like whatever, like I mean, it's probably just like a well-done student film. probably. Yeah. yeah which is fine. There, there, it's got a beautiful poster. I'll, I'll give it. I that. mean, <laughs> look, even, even Kubrick had like, you know, he disowned those first two movies that he did, but they're, they're good. Yeah. Anyway, did whatever. any of you in this movie um, observe? Cause I didn't realize it until my partner realized it that, and, None, at the beginning of the flick, none of the zombies were really paying any attention to them when, like, Sean <laughs> was walking through. Like, they really yeah. weren't doing that much. And uh, it was only after Sean basically woke up out of his zombie state that suddenly now the zombies are hyper aware of him and his family and his loved ones. Mm. Did any of you under like see that that none of them none of the zombies originally were paying attention to them? And that's why I, they just like zombies and get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, when he, I mean, in that first scene when he's just kind of walking through, they not, none of them really do anything to him. I mean, yeah. but he's also kind of just you know he's hungover and he's kind of stumbling through the you know through the city. So like, I guess he could it could have been like you know he's so asleep that they mistake him for also being a zombie. I mean, it's kind of cool that it, it works that like uh, when they're wandering through and they're just doing the ooh, 
move. Yeah. And, like it's crazy that works. Yeah, yeah, like with the when they're doing the ideal the ideal zombie apocalypse would be if uh zombies didn't if zombies didn't attack drunk people, like for whatever reason. You could just because they thought they were zombies as well. Yeah, that's great. That's amazing. That's really good, actually. That's uh there we wow, go. Copyright that real quickly, man. Yeah, I, I was gonna <laughs> no, say we've got that, like I've said that on a public platform now. <laughs> I know. Well, and we like between this and on Zombieland, I feel like we specked out like an entire freaking movie's worth of ideas. We're just giving away for free on this goddamn show. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I forgot what I, oh, I had another. I, I didn't know this because I was gonna. <laughs> oh, did you guys ever see that Key and Peele sketch where uh, they're walking through the zombie apocalypse and you know they're they're all white zombies. And they won't bite them because you know. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, good. that's good. That's good. That's, that's that, funny. that was clever. Yeah. The yeah. zombie fucking locks the car door. <laughs> oh yeah. That's yeah. That's good. That's good. I mean, like, like, look, look. I think that um, it's hard to think of a movie that does zombies and comedy that's better than this for me. And I know I'm not maybe sure. I could say like final thoughts and stuff, but I, I was hard. I was thinking about it. And I, I do really like Zombieland. I think Zombieland's a great movie. Yeah, Dead Alive is a blast. Dead Alive is fantastic. Return of the Living Dead uh, is great. But like for me, this this is this is like the uh, the nadir of, of the genre thus far. And maybe there's maybe there's others that will yet occur. But, yeah, uh, one of the dead's a lot of fun, but doesn't quite. God damn it! <laughs> Valley of the Dead. <laughs> Um, Valley of the Dead has like one of my favorite masturbation jokes, and uh, you know, uh, just save it for the after party. <laughs> yeah, we're actually doing an after party tonight. Oh, yeah, okay. exactly. This See, is... I, I got all this stuff built up in me, and uh, Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> my cup overfloweth. You need a you need a vow release. Hildy, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Hildy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, we turn into twelve year olds on my stream all the time. Lord LOC is here, and usually you can hear me saying, "Lord LOC, what in the world?" Yeah, I'm. Mm, <laughs> yeah, we turn into twelve year olds all the time. Uh, can we? Uh, yeah. Oh, I think we should uh, probably mention. Uh, that like in this in this film that like this is one of the we mentioned the Cornetto trilogy but like this is like one of the great Nick Frost and uh, uh, Simon Pegg team up movies right I mean this is like yeah now granted if you if you know their history like it's it shouldn't be the first one but I think this is for for my money probably the best one although some days I'll probably I might say Hot Fuzz but I'm a, I mean I'm a big I'm a big Hot Fuzz fan. Um, not as big a fan of, uh, the world's end. I, not, I, I don't dislike it or anything, but yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's just, th this one just kind of hits all the sweet spots. Yeah. And so it doesn't sweet. have that, that, uh, kind of toxic anger that, uh, space dad. Space. I feel like, yeah, there, there, there were moments almost... where it's just like, Ooh, that <laughs> like, like the Jar Jar Binks rant, like, like, I I'm yeah. sorry, like, like that just. You know, uh, after well, there's just there, there's a and yeah, well, yeah, after the actor, yeah, I, there, there's a needle, a needling sort of meanness to it that was very endemic of the times. It also, like, I think is uh, like a struggling artist's rage. Yeah, and I, and I think this doesn't have that. It has like everything yeah. that made space great, uh, but but uh, you know, wasn't wasn't uh, 
uh wasn't as as like vindictively <laughs> cruel at times yeah yeah no well i mean and like i wonder if that's just something that uh just comes from time you know like like you know like kind of aging into your sense of humor because i mean this this is this is like fully formed like edgar i mean this is like i mean i think the, his sensibilities are like just right down the line perfect yeah on this one and and he's and he's open about the fact that he doesn't want to do a third season of space or whatever like even though it's been discussed because it's yeah. like he made it at a certain like he wrote it at time of his life yeah. yeah yeah no and, and it, when it came to an end it came to a very natural end point. <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's enough really i mean yeah. like you know doesn't need to go on for a thousand yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to exacerbate things right no it's just like uh, <laughs> one of the actors from this, uh, was in uh oh, had a show called black books which is phenomenal too and and again just the right length ends at the right time uh and if you ever get a chance i highly recommend watching black books um guess what sean penn's um <laughs> black books is good. uh college uh college thesis was called or titled a marxist I... a marxist overview of popular 1970s cinema and hegemonic discourses is apparently his, all right his there you go that he got comrade peg <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i you know it's i think it, this is but this is hilariously a political movie like in, in in that way but it is somehow like very much of its time too like it's very much like of that sort of mid-2000s uh feel to it i don't yeah. know if he i don't know if he'd agree but yeah i, mean, I saw a clip of i saw a clip of simon Pegg talking about how um you know he feels like this movie is about like one man standing up against hegemony and like you know the the state of being that we're all in he had like he had like some deeper analysis right. of <laughs> yeah okay sure bring dude. back his bring back his <laughs> undergraduate thesis a marxist overview of popular you know i mean sure. <laughs> yeah I think there is a little bit of like societal critique to this, like a yeah, of had. course. Yeah, and, I mean, and, like uh, the Indian, like it's like an indictment of like you know uh, these the Jerry Springer style shows and like you know, but a very British that way, are you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it's, I mean, like obviously the social critiques are there. I don't, I don't mean to say that like it lacks social critique. It's just yeah, it's, it, it, it is like, the <laughs> great British zombie yeah. bake off. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic uh but yeah i mean like like I, i'm not trying to short sell it either it's just that like I, i'm just saying like it's it's also a deeply entertaining movie and, and i think of it you know again 2004 2004 2006 when did this come out 2004 uh a lot of very heavy-handed stuff was was coming out around then and one yeah. of the reasons why is because culturally and we talked about this at length and end nauseum during vice that like in mainstream media, there just weren't alternative ideas able to be presented. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, like uh, I remember when uh, uh, just feeling gaslit by by uh, by, by like media and, and just yeah. um, uh, I mean, like, like you know, Keith Olbermann was not really like like anything special now, but like in in like two thousand four or two thousand six, you know, whatever, like like uh, two thousand five, it was like this breath of fresh air where we're like, yeah. also it's like, wait, I'm not the only person feeling like this. I I feel. I feel seen, you know. Secret be, be behind Howard Dean's candidacy. Yeah. Uh, because, like, like what was the big thing that he came to people's attention? Because he gave a speech where it just was like, you know, I'm sick of being told what to do by fundamental speeches. I'm sick of being like, like, just like outline a bunch of things he was pissed off about. And I was like, yeah, we're pissed off about that too. And he's like, great. 
I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> and then he was like, and we're going to go to Iowa. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was fucking coming. And it's, then they were like, okay, you're still mad about all the stuff? And you're... <laughs> no, it's but completely I like the impossible idea to talk about that dude without full... that. I know. But... I just I like the idea of him coming into the campaign with full energy like that. Everyone's yeah. like, hell yeah. And then him burning And then out. that being the thing yeah. that sinks the campaign. <laughs> After well, he mentions... And it's since it's a lot more that... complicated than that. But like, like the thing is, is I can't find that information anymore because... Uh, uh, there, there was like a great expose about how there was like these attack ads. And but I'll, I'll, I will tell you that you can find that on your own on the internet. Turn this off. Go find that. But like, <laughs> as I've mentioned before, since you brought that up, I'm going to bring, I bring this up every time he mentioned breaking up on, on national news mentioned breaking up the media monopolies. And then three days later that happened. So draw yeah. your own conclusions. Cause first of all, by the way, amazing idea. Great. I'm here for it, but yes, maybe don't testing. mention that on a, on <laughs> on like air right like maybe because like remember how much media shapes and i'm sure we'll get into this next month which is elections how much media shapes politics and like they choose who isn't as acceptable or electable if you will mm -hmm. uh now but like mentioning breaking up media monopolies on like national like you know commercial television and then suddenly like that happened Okay. Well, I mean, both, you know, Bernie and Warren kind of did the same thing. No, thing. but the thing is, but they, he specifically. Yeah. They didn't, though. They didn't. They, they talked, they talked around it. They talked about it in a smart way. He was like, oh, yeah, they should, we should, I forget the exact, he was like, yeah, yeah we're no. going to look at a break into these media monopolies, too. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, cool, but like, and then next thing you know, like, what's playing 24 7 365? Is that yeah! isolated <laughs> audio? Of, and, and like, it's, it, it was incredibly effective. And I can't wait to talk about that when we do Wag the Dog with whoever the hell's on that episode. I think JG Michael, right? Because I'm that's one of the great Wag the Dog moments, uh, which is next month for election month. We are still in Zombie Night Extravaganza and we're still talking about Shaun of the Dead. Are we doing Letterboxd phone liners now or do we have yeah, something else? Yeah, I have them. Let's do it. Hilda, you ready? Are you ready for this, for the classic bit, the classic Letterboxd phone liner bit? No, because <laughs> it's no. okay. <laughs> All okay, right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Are you ready now? Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I don't know what. See, I, I, for some reason, I don't know this part of the show because I always have to leave. So now I'm going. Oh, on. gotcha. Okay. Well, let me. So, I'll, I'll, I'll explain to the audience <laughs> as well as well as to you. I, I will. I will movie night explain you. Uh, this. That uh, Letterbox, of course, is a social media site for film lovers. Uh, they get to talk at, with, and to each other about the movies they love, maybe the movies they didn't love, movies they're weirdly thirsty for. Uh, all of those things, no Siskels, no Eberts, open source democracy, talking about Howard oh. Dean. Uh, from, the, from the ground up, everybody gets to have their say, and that is best expressed, for the purpose of this bit anyway. In the classic, working your tight five in front of Andy World's brick wall uh, comedy, one-liner format so what we do is we collect all the best one-liners on letterboxd bring them up present them on the show react to them talk about them hopefully laugh at them etc etc these are the letterbox one-liners for shot of the dead the most unrealistic part about this wasn't the zombie apocalypse but the idea that the British government would react so quickly to a crisis <laughs> true <laughs> Yo, the parties Too are soon. fucking 10 Downing Street, though, that were happening probably during this whole, you know, this whole debacle. I bet that they were lit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and this is, you know, like, again, too real too soon. But uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Bo- Bojo, Bojo zombie party. You know, he's like, Br- bring everybody, come on, come on over to the ten Downing Street, and we'll, you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll get we'll get wrecked, we'll get wrecked. <laughs> All right, next up, twenty eight pints later. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, f- I feel you on that one. Uh, Twenty-eight days later is actually our next episode, I think, right? That's yeah, Jeremy. Okay, cool. And I, uh, I also like that I, I picked the graphic. Like before even seeing them, I picked the graphic where you know they are twenty-eight pints later. White. Crazy how they didn't need to use any zombie makeup for this movie because British people just look like that. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> Shout outs to our, to our British audience. I ran it under a cold tap. You know, they, that's well, they go to the Isle of Wight for vacation. They're literally in the middle <laughs> right. of the fucking, you know, the, the uh, right off fucking Britain and like, you know, the channel between Britain and France. Like they're not exactly going to vacation somewhere where they're going to get a, a nice tan is all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, you've never been to Brighton. <laughs> I've been to Brighton. It's lovely. It is. <laughs> it it's quite is all right. Lovely. It's quite all right, Barbara. I read it under a cold tap. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which, speaking of which, speaking of which. I'm quite all right. And, and just, just shout outs for the fact that they were able to uh, switch to that beautiful uh, homage to um, the uh, uh, classic uh, Tales comics. from the Dark Side. Okay. Yeah. Or yeah, tells from the dark side. Yeah, tells, tells from the, the crypt. crypt. Tells from the crypt. Uh, comic that's book. Game world. Uh, that that's apparently uh, if you have the patron tier of Letterboxd, you can yes. choose your own custom art. Which, but I just wanted to shout that out because uh, I don't know who did that, and I'm now very curious. There you go. Maybe Kevin Farrell will tell you that, or not. I don't know. We're on the next one. Uh, I forgot that British people exist until I saw this again. <laughs> you also forgot that this uh, that, that this uh, slide existed until you saw it again. You just got the name of Tales from the Crypt wrong. You're really going to poke fun at me right now? Yes. It's also, like, also, your bit's coming up next, bud. I don't know if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't like wait. That. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, you know it's a shit show. Not the original Blue Monday final. (laughs) (laughs) I cry every single time. No, I love Blue Monday. Oh. (laughs) I I love that. I didn't watch it, but like, you know, because there's a lot of clips where they're talking about something. There was one clip where they were like, we were so excited that we got to destroy an original Blue Monday final. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming to get you, Barbara. <laughs> I never made that connection until seeing this. Like I, I never. I saw that it. in the theater, and I was like, "Ah, amazing!" <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw this before I saw Night of the Living Dead, so I think that that's why. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're like ten, so I get it. <laughs> I'm sad that they didn't name anybody Dwayne. Dwayne. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be good. That'd yeah. Be good. I don't think they have any of those in England. <laughs> no Dwayne, way. Dwayne, come in here. I ran it under the cold tap, Dwayne. The Brits having game shows where the zombies take part in is too accurate. We would 100% do that. Also, dogs can't look up. (laughs) That's my letterbox bud, Louise. She's awesome. They definitely can look up, but you know, whatever. Audrey cannot look up. 
She looks up all the time. She looks side to side. She does not look up. She looks up. She does. I've seen her go like she goes like this. <laughs> what? Oh, what? You think she's a nope or something? <laughs> she's in don't look up. She's uh actually uh anyway, whatever. Sean having self-esteem issues and self-doubt instead of fighting zombies in the middle of a zombie attack is peak relatability. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Sure. Agreed, Lauren. Also, thank you, library as a tag is good with number you. <laughs> Maybe we should all go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for this pandemic to blow over. <laughs> 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 yeah, <that> date. <laughs> yeah, it's solid, solid stuff. And those are the letterbox one letters for Sean of the Dead. Please follow the show, uh, which is uh, your host, Force Miller. There, moving extravaganza. Uh, I, of course, am Kona Neutron. I've got some red on me, and I'm all over Letterbox. Follow me for all that business. Uh, J Andrew World, Fun Boy Three down there is uh, watching all the weirdest crap, so you don't have to. Or maybe so you can. Who am I to judge? Yeah, no, uh, I occasionally find something good. Hildy, are you are you not to? It's not a peer pressure thing, but are you on a letterbox or anything along those lines? I just want to make sure to get the plug in if, if you are. But what do it, I need to do? No, you don't need to do anything. I'm just asking if you're on. I don't want to omit you. But if the answer is no, that's okay. People always think I'm like selling them or something. It's like, no, I just yeah. want to get include. make sure you get included in the bid if, you're, if you have a letterbox. <laughs> thing. It's all right. I don't have a letterbox. No. Okay. It's okay. That's fair. It's <laughs> totally, totally all right. Uh, Fun Boy 3, take us away with plugs, please. Thank you. All right. You're watching us right now on YouTube, so please do the YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe. And What uh, if they're listening? What if they're not, though? What if they're listening on the podcast? <laughs> That's what I'm going to get to next. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you assuming things, Andy? I think that's ableist. I think you're assuming that everyone can actually see us. And, uh, you know. <laughs> what, what about our blind YouTube subscribers? <laughs> <laughs> blind youtube subscribers is actually probably how we got at least half of them they're like oh i'll follow this <laughs> <laughs> whatever i'll subscribe to that sure i'm getting pestered to do this i told you yeah. man you 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 open yourself up for this by the way just, just <laughs> explicitly clear <laughs> like you you almost asked for this yeah. go ahead yeah no i don't want to hear any complaints it's taking too long either um mm. so hit that bell and of course um watch the video to the end uh because that'll help other youtubers uh youtube watchers find our or, or youtube listeners again let's not be ableist <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good bit i'm sorry that's that's a great bit yes um, follow us on youtube uh, on youtube follow us on twitter um even though i have the words twitter really large in front of me i'm not saying it correctly follow us on twitter um mm -hmm. uh, you can find out when episodes are coming up and yep. uh previews of shorts plus yep. You also get, uh, if you want to, join our community. Uh, we have a little community. It's um, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think uncharacteristically, it's them, some of the last posts are mine. Like it's, yeah. it's usually like a stream of whatever's on Andy's mind, but uh, or, yeah, or like whatever I watched, and, and I'll just make yeah. a comment, uh, an extra comment above and beyond what I already reviewed about it on Letterbox. Yeah, hasn't been a poll in a while. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, I've uh, it's, been feeling a little under the weather. So um, yeah, I, I hear that, man. That's I've that this cold has been kicking my ass. Anyway, yeah. Welcome to Plague Night Extravaganza. Thank you. <laughs> we all your we've all died. been infected. Hey, have you guys <laughs> also gotten a bite? Yeah, yeah. Oh, this weird homeless dude bit me the other day. I've been feeling kind of weird ever since. And I was like, yeah. usually I pay for this, but <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know. Typically, I get invited on this. Never mind. <laughs> we have a Patreon. Um, we we'll yes. sign up with a Patreon if you can. This that helps us out. Uh, mostly for us out. 
Uh, by us, we mean him. <laughs> well, we need patrons so I can start paying everybody. Like, yeah, no, no, it's it's true. It's true. He's he's going to be he's broke. Give it to it's him. Just, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. I am the homeless guy that's biting people. <laughs> Although I just, had, I just had the brakes redone on the van today, and I was like, oh, my God. Jesus Ooh. Christ. <sighs> These yeah. are the brakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> break them up, break them up, break them up. Indeed. <laughs> well, so yeah, please join our Patreon. So, so you know, Forrest can have money and uh, Conan can can fix his brakes. Yes. Um, or you can join my Patreon. It'll, it'll I can just help me fix my brakes. Yeah, which uh, <laughs> which is uh, for Protonic Reversal. Um, yes. Which uh, let's see here, there was no Protonic Reversal this past week. We played the High Noon Saloon in Madison last night. So there was yeah. No uh, so so do you have a show coming up next week? Uh. Yeah, uh, who's coming up? I think it's uh, I think it's John Forbes from uh, Tijuana Hercules in Mount Shasta, or Nick Sakes of Upright Forms and Dazzling Kilman. One of the two, I can't remember. But anyway, yeah, there there is there is a show next week. Sorry, yeah, I've been saying we'll we'll, we'll uh we'll fill people yeah, in we'll, on Tuesday. I'll, I'll I'll have the information on Tuesday. But yeah, yeah. Ba- back back on regular protonics for a bit before making up those tour dates in November. Yeah. And uh, you got some uh, music that people can grab because uh, because we have a uh, mm-hmm. uh, it is not Bandcamp Friday, is it? I know that's first Fridays. Of, OK, yeah. Uh, and this is like the third Friday, maybe. Is that right? Yeah, so. that sounds right. Yeah, I think we missed Bandcamp Friday. We weren't streaming on Bandcamp. Is it, is it Friday? Yeah, it's Friday. Yeah. No, I, I don't think we did. I don't or Did we? I don't know. We weren't streaming on Bandcamp Friday. Nobody cares, including me. Yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. But you can still go to Bandcamp and get um, uh, Action Chief, just the solos, or um, uh, Conan Neutron and Secret Friends album, um, Dangerous Nomenclature. Yeah, I and have you can get it on vinyl. Oh, but I have the CD in my hands. So I'm going to show that. Uh, we're actually going to finally put up uh, T-shirts too for the ones we made. The now that's what I call dudes yelling, and uh, the ones that Rick Froberg design. Finally, people have been asking for a while. Not on this show, but in other places. So I'm going to finally put those up, especially when I saw the bill for the breaks. I'm like, whoa, all right, these t-shirts are going up now. Yeah. And uh, you have any shows coming up? I don't <laughs> literally, literally played last night in Madison. Uh, yeah, so the only ones coming up are uh, right now, right after Thanksgiving, we're playing Los Angeles, Joshua Tree, and then the makeup show with McCluskey in Oakland. And then there's a show in Chicago, like at the very end of the year, but that's it. So yes, um, you know. So yeah, yes, the answer coast. is yes for them. But if you're on yeah. the West Coast or Chicago, you know, get, get prepared, uh, get your body ready for Conan's and Neutron. Come to your uh, town. Otherwise, you missed out. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say. It's probably gonna be 2023. <laughs> and I mean, can... as evidenced by the fact that I came away with this goddamn cold I've had for like two goddamn weeks. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, so Hildy, you have a uh, Twitch show. I do. I do. I stream on Twitch and I'm also on Twitter and I'm also on YouTube. I stream Canadian politics, horror games, and I like to talk talk about food stuff on Fridays during Funden Friday. And I go by the name of Hilda underscore Beast. You can find me on those socials. And I just want to say shout out to Cosmopolitics, Christina. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, truly. I will always be forever grateful. And to you three gentlemen, thank you very, very much. I am so appreciative that you included me and reached out to me. So cheers. Cheers. Yeah, this was this was uh, this was fun. And, uh, you know, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, you know, any anything we didn't get to in this episode or, uh, you know? Yeah. Oh, I, I have heaps and heaps of notes here. That... 
Get on us. Andy, we also, we're, also doing a, we're also doing an after party after this if you wanted to come on for that. Yeah. It's just a, if you wanted to talk about. Oh, it's like this, but less on topic. Yeah. It's <laughs> sure. Sure. I would love to. I would love to. That's not a peer pressure thing, too. Like, that's, <laughs> like it, does, it does feel like, because like, you're like, oh, you want to come? Are you coming to the after party? Huh? And like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You're on Instagram, sure. right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> We, we only we only do as many episodes as we do, so we can just peer pressure as many people as we can to join various social media sites. You right, know? <laughs> you see literally no benefit from whatsoever. <laughs> to be explicitly clear, we're just hoping to eventually get zucked when we get. In the <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like usually, usually the final thought is I, just, I get paid in know, decorative raccoons. Actually, it's wild. Anyway, um, just like just like something we didn't get to, or you know, a uh, summary. Either way, um, well, I mentioned earlier that I I liked it that the, it didn't end up in a neat little bow with respect to uh, Ed and Sean. You know, both not being zombies or both being zombies. I like that duopoly, but I also liked it that the uh, the virus was not explained or the illness was not explained. I also liked the fact that uh, Liz actually hung out more, I guess, sitting there in the living room of that house instead of living in her penthouse pow tower up at the top yeah. there. Like she, her ivory tower. Yeah, she came down to reality and, you know, was hanging out in the apartment or the house there. I also I like the her roommate, at least the, the guy roommate's a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I liked uh, that. Um, oh, golly. Uh, Lucy Davis, the the uh, the lady that plays Diane, she was giving oh, yeah. them the crash course on how to be a zombie. She was the actress giving them the, you know, right. with the vague look yeah. or whatever. Meanwhile, they have been zombies their entire lives, going to work, doing the grind, doing the day-to-day -day stuff. They've been living their whole lives as a zombie. And suddenly when they're supposed to be a zombie, they, they were terrible at it. I found that <laughs> hilarious. Um, what else it's here? Also oh. an, an unorthodox use of skills, right? Like you wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't think of like, uh, you know, theater, theater teacher, like, you know, uh, actress kind of coming in handy. i mean maybe actress coming in handy but like you wouldn't necessarily think that like you know actually teaching them how to do that would be would come in handy like i kind of liked that part of it too right right and and i mean i'm just the last thing was i love that they revisited some of the characters that were there originally like the person behind sean at the till or or the lady at the yeah. grocery store uh the guy with the boots you know um, yeah. Sean's 17 year old co-worker and you know here he is pushing the carts at the very <laughs> end you know I loved all of that it's a great it's a great movie now I have questions about uh, zombies unionizing. Like, is <laughs> zombie I'm gonna recommend Terry Pratchett for you. Then uh, check out Reaper Man, uh, where, where the uh, zombies do form a union uh, under uh, and want to be called not zombies but um, uh, living impaired. All right, PC go. culture is getting out of control. <laughs> yeah, no, you love Terry Pratchett. Read him. I, I mean, I think I've read at least something I can't remember off the top of my head, but like, I don't read a lot of fiction, but um, Conan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, not, not that, but what Hildy was saying, like, I, I think that she's onto something. I would just also add, this is a very smart movie. This, this is a, a very, very smart movie, very funny movie. 
and it, it's actually a paragon of the genre for me because of both of those things. But there's a deep love of the genre without being overtly reverential, referential to it, meaning that like, hey, hey, did you check out the thing with the stuff? Um, as for instance, I literally just watched X, the Ty West movie, and it's like, I don't know, maybe if I'd watched it knowing nothing about it, okay, fine. But I just was like, oh, it's exactly the thing I thought it was going to be, which is fine. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but they're making a porno. Okay, well, cool. But like, it's it's so reverential and referential that like, I don't know, it, it, I only thought it was okay. I think this movie is fantastic because it actually forges zone trail while also being incredibly uh, loving towards the genre itself, but uh, kind of add something new to it. And I think that that's uh, makes it one of Edgar Wright's most fun movies, which is saying a lot because there's a lot of really great ones. And mm-hmm. the entire cast is fantastic. Um, not just the principals, but, you know, as mentioned, like uh, Lucy Davis is fantastic. Uh, the whole, I mean, the whole cast is, is just, it, this is great. This is, this is a great film. This is, this is, and again, 90 minutes and change people doesn't have to be like three hours long. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to be that long. Cut it out. Seriously, it's enough. Uh, and uh, yeah, just, this is just a, this is some, sometimes sometimes we put some, we, we cover movies here, and it's it's like okay, this is going to be a good discussion. <sighs> Let's strap in. This one, I was like, yes, awesome. I get to watch Shaun of the Dead again. And there's something to be said for a movie that's that much fun. Yeah, and uh, George A. Romero actually really liked this movie to the point where, and I'll and I'll play the clip. There's a documentary that they or like a short documentary that they made of. Um, going to the set of the land of the dead but like mm. uh so i'll play five minutes from that starting the uh you know starting the, yeah, after, party. the after party but uh i guess he brought all of his crew with him to to see Shaun of the dead and they all watched it together that's awesome yeah. because it's like i mean because like yeah because if you stop and think about it like they were a rock band like you know night of the living dead would be like the led zeppelin or something or something of like of a I genre right? Romero, like uh you know being like um uh, Leonardo DiCaprio from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like pointing at the screen about the Marvel. <laughs> <line>. <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah, big, big Leo meme energy, sure. Pointing at it, be like, they're going to get Barbara. <laughs> Actually, I guess not, neither of them would probably be more like Sex Pistols or Ramones, but whatever. I'll work on that analogy. I'll, I'll have it worked out for the after party. All right, Andy, let's hear those final thoughts. Uh, this movie is always a lot of fun. It's it's uh, truly, you know, it's British people doing stuff. Um, I. I <laughs> <laughs> it wow. is indeed British people doing stuff, Andrew. Oh, yeah. we, we're out here doing stuff, man. I have a very low bar with this kind of thing. So, like, you know, uh apparently have a British accent on it. I am there. Uh so uh, which is why I've watched, you know, stuff like Vicar of Dibley Amazing. and you know, what? black books. Wait, oh, you never okay. seen Vicar Dibley? I, you could those sound like I, I acknowledge that those are words. No, I've not seen Vicar Dipley. What is that? Yeah, it is. A, it I, is don't, a, I, don't, uh, I don't care. At least one of those are funny. not a word. At it's least funny. one. I've never heard the word Dipley. Dipley. <laughs> Dipley's like a, a fake town. Okay. All right. Yeah. It, it sounds like a Douglas Adams character to me. So Oi, let's go down to the Nibbly Dipley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's actually really clever, uh, Vicar of Dipley. But um, okay. All right. No, all right no. I believe like it. I said, you know, you got British people involved with it. Chances are I'm going to check it out. Um, you know, smack the pony, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's just yada, yada, a bunch of shows. Uh, but, but yeah, so, so it's exciting whenever not only is it British people doing something, but they're doing something in a really awesome thing. And, um, that doesn't always happen. I mean, I, I watched all of primeval and why, why does, why does this sound like what I would imagine like a transcript for like a Trump 
interview sounds like. It's British people doing something, and it's often <laughs> they have the greatest things. You know, <laughs> they know the greatest it's not things. A, it's not always successful. What they do not always the best. What they're doing it is really great. And you know what? We stand. We stand with them. Vicar Dipley. <laughs> they call him Vicar Dipley. <laughs> just he's, for, he's, he's not like he's not Dumbledore. one of our people. He's not one of our people. Vicar, <laughs> who names their son Vicar? Am I right, folks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah the funny thing is, the vicar's a woman. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, no, no, it's, it's so yes, I will watch British people do lots of stuff. Um, they apparently fight dinosaurs, whatever. Um, and, and it's nice whenever it's actually something good. Um, because oftentimes it's not, uh, I, I mean, I have a long list of things that I've seen that is terrible and I'm not going to bother listing it here. So, so this was quite enjoyable to, uh, revisit this film because it's always a good excuse to watch this, uh, this movie. Uh, to, to, to see something that's not terrible uh, yeah. with British There you people. go, England. You did one thing right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys, a bunch of English haters? Like, what is going <laughs> don't on? Just, don't look like this is his bit. I don't, I don't know what they're on. Did you see what we said about the Queen before she died? <laughs> oh, <laughs> the, the night before she died. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, I mean, although to be fair, we did fight a war of independence for a reason, am I right? Yeah, no, every every time someone calls me a British hater, I say we've I feel like we've earned the right to do that. (laughs) Um, but uh, you know, I of course called our after party tonight the Winchester so we could go to the Winchester. So I'm excited for that. We should be on that in about uh 10 15 minutes. My last comment for tonight, or you know, for this uh, for this stream, who died and made you fucking king of the zombies? (laughs) 